Welcome back to another episode of the Who You Know Show podcast, where what you know is important, but who you know can make all the difference in your business, career, relationships, and life. My name is Trevor Houston, and on this show, you'll learn the strategy, grit, and mindset it takes to overcome obstacles so you can level up in your career, recover your cash flow, and live the life of purpose that God intended for you. Don't forget to look at the mic drop moments timestamped in the show notes below. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to pay it forward, subscribe and leave an honest review so we can improve. Thanks for listening. My name is Trevor Houston, and please enjoy this episode of the Who You Know Show. Okay, so I'm super excited. I've been sharing my story uh, a little bit more online. And uh, you know what's crazy? Every time I hit post and, uh, you know, you get a little scared, kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should put this out there. I don't know if I should put this out there. This is a little personal, you know what I'm saying? Man, you hit that post button anyways. Let me just tell you guys, if you get scared to hit that post button, please hit that post button because let me just tell you, that's usually going to be the most engaging content that you create. And it is in my experience. Every time I hit post and I'm scared to hit post, that content just goes crazy with engagement and the relatability and people being able to resonate with the stories that I'm telling. And uh, it's trans it's transforming people. It's helping people. So I would encourage you, if you have a story, which we all do, start sharing it and uh, start getting that out there. And so also the other benefit to doing this is it uh, encouraged me to start my book. Okay, so I'm actually in the process right now of writing my first book, which is just so amazing because I've been talking about it for years and everybody's like, Trevor, you need, when they hear my story, they're like, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. You know, I got this, I got that, got this. And it's just excuses, right? But by sharing my story online and starting sharing little bits and pieces, the encouragement from others is what really helped put this thing into gear. So I'm already like 109 pages in and just getting this thing rocking and rolling, man. I am I am doing it. I am in the process and it's given me a new energy, right? It's given me a new energy, which is awesome. I, I needed this energy actually. So it, it couldn't have come at a better time. And uh, so I'm super excited. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the book. This is like a little preview, a little sneak peek, okay, to what's coming. And uh, hopefully this can help you guys And uh, actually, I know it can. I know it can help you. It can help you. Matter of fact, the title of the book is Breaking Free. Uh, And this is a working title, okay? Maybe something I change going forward, but Breaking Free, Transforming Poverty into Prosperity, okay? And uh, the book's really going to start off into my journey and, and, um, you know, growing up, what it was like for me. I grew up in poverty and uh, had a lot of crazy things going on. A lot of crazy things going on. So what I'm going to do is give you guys a little sneak peek today. I'm going to read you the introduction, and uh, then we'll dive into the different segments and the different lessons that are inside of this book to help you to transform from poverty to prosperity, okay? So the introduction, unleash your extraordinary life, defying the odds, and embracing your true potential. Welcome to a transformative journey of self-discovery and empowerment. In a world filled with uncertainty, challenges, and the constant pursuit of success, 
it's easy to feel overwhelmed, lost, or trapped in a life that falls short of your dreams. But what if I told you that within you lies the power to defy the odds, overcome adversity, and create an extraordinary life beyond your wildest imagination? In this book, we'll explore the profound impact of implementing some key steps to break free from the limitations imposed by poverty, transform your mindset, and embrace the life you were meant to live by unraveling the secrets to success, resilience, and personal growth, you'll discover the tools and strategies to rise above your circumstances and unleash your true potential. Now, life without implementing these steps can be a never-ending cycle of struggle, missed opportunities, and the regret of unfulfilled dreams. How many of you have regret of not going after your dreams? I know I do. There's some things that I used to do back when I was a kid and I loved music and I gave up on some of my musical talents and gifts and dreams. I gave up on that stuff. The way to poverty can seem insurmountable, stifling your creativity, dampening your spirit and limiting your belief in what is possible. It's easy to become negative, doubt and live in a sense of hopelessness. But let me assure you, my friend, that you possess the innate power to rewrite your story by implementing the transformative steps outlined in this book, you will shatter the change of limitation and embrace a life filled with purpose, passion, and abundance. Imagine waking up each morning with a renewed sense of purpose and direction. Picture yourself surrounded by a supportive network of mentors, role models, and like-minded individuals who inspire and lift you. Envision pursuing your passion with unwavering focus and channeling your energy towards meaningful goals that will bring you joy and fulfillment. Through the chapters of this book, we're going to get into the core principles that you'll empower you to embark on this extraordinary journey. We'll explore the importance of recognizing the impact of your environment and actively seeking opportunities to change it for a more supportive and conductive one. You'll learn to cultivate relationships with mentors and supportive individuals who can guide you towards success. We'll do a deep dive into the power of positive obsession and taking massive action. Unleashing your inner drive, pushing past fear, and consistently pursuing your dreams. You will discover the transformative impact of accountability, discipline, and the cultivation of resilience in the face of adversity. And as we progress, we'll explore the significance of faith, education, and continuous learning in expanding your horizons and creating new opportunities. You will uncover the secrets of building a strong support system within your community and harnessing the power of financial literacy to break free from the cycle of poverty. Additionally, we're going to dive into the importance of self-care and wellness and the rippling effect of giving back to others. You're going to embrace the art of gratitude, nurturing relationships, and leaving a legacy of impact. And each chapter will equip you with practical tools, real-life examples, and actionable steps to implement these principles into your own life. 
And by doing so, you will embark on a journey of transformation, growth, and empowerment. You will defy the odds, break free from the limitations of poverty, and create the life of your dreams. So, my friend, if you're ready to embark on this extraordinary journey, if you're ready to let go of the limitations that you held and step into your true potential, if the answer is a resounding yes, then fasten your seatbelt, open your heart, open your mind, and let's dive into the transformative principles that will unleash your extraordinary life. Together, we will conquer the obstacles, rise above adversity, and create a future that surpasses your wildest dreams. Onwards, my fellow dream chaser, towards a life of limitless possibilities. So, that is the introduction. So, this is good, exciting, guys. I'm super excited. And today, what I would like to do is uh, dive into some of the chapters, okay? I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but we're just going to dive in. Each chapter, each step that we're going to dive into, literally, I, I wrote it in the way and in the timing that it happened for me. And I think it will be different for, for others, obviously. But each step, uh, I think, is, is crucial to transforming your life. Step one for me was changing my environment. Guys, when I grew up, when my parents split up, when my mom was disabled, and I stayed with my mom. So uh, when they split up, um, my dad moved out, and I wanted to stay with my friends and all of that kind of stuff. And so I stayed with my friends. I stayed with my mom, but my mom was disabled, and she got in a car accident, couldn't work, and she got addicted to, to drugs and alcohol and wasn't working, was on all the government programs, and we had, were on food stamps and welfare and just all, every government program you could think of, disability, everything. And so, uh, but it wasn't enough. All those programs weren't enough to, to pay the mortgage. And so next thing you know, I've got uh, roommate after roommate. We had all these people moving into the house and my house became like a homeless shelter. And every type of stereotype you could think of lived inside of my house. And I remember living with people named Paco and Flacco and Scarface and Kilo. And I had, we had Crips, literally Crips. So I'm, I'm living with these Crips in my house and I'm living a thug life straight up. And, uh, they were teaching me the ways, right? And these were my male role models. My dad, he was always there. My father was there, but I, I just, honestly, as a teenager, I, I didn't want him around because I didn't want discipline and structure. I didn't want that. I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And at my mom's, that's what I got to do, okay? And so through that process of growing up with these people, I, I learned a lot of crazy stuff and a lot of looseness. And I was getting in a lot of trouble, went to jail multiple times. I got them handcuffs slapped on me. Thank God actually for that, that I was not a smooth criminal. Okay. I was not a smooth criminal. I got locked up and that, that actually uh, leads me to some of the transformation later on in my life. But step one was changing that environment. I had to get out of there and that wasn't actually my decision. Luckily I had a judge that was lenient on me. I had violated my probation and that judge gave me an option. And he said, Hey, listen, Trevor, you're either going to go to jail until you're 21. Okay. And I was 16 at the time. He said, you're going to go to jail until you're 21 or you can go 
get out of your mom's house because she's not suitable. This ain't going to happen over there. Go move with your dad. Whew, man. So thank you, Jesus, for that judge who gave me that second chance. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that second chance. And I changed my environment. I went with my father and, uh, you know, that goes into uh, step two of the book where I talk about getting a mentor. My father was my mentor. My father showed me he was an entrepreneur. He was a business owner. I got to work with him. It was the first time ever someone showed me work. I got to see what a good role model was. And he, he you know, he would get up super early. I, I remember like the whole rise and grind thing, right? Getting up early and drinking his coffee and getting on the job site. He was a painter. So we're talking about hard labor. And I would go work with my dad and, uh, and he would pay me. And so I'm working with him, you know, and uh, I got a mentor, someone who could coach me and, and, and lead me and, and love me. I didn't have that, you know. And so uh, that's step two is about getting a mentor into your life. And I'm going to dive deeper into that in that section. Step three is uh, finding a positive obsession. Because let me tell you something. Growing up, they told me, hey, Trevor, you got ADHD, AD, whatever. You need to take these pills and calm down because you're too crazy, right? <laughs> you know, I had all this energy, you know, and uh, I needed a positive place to put that energy. And honestly, even as I moved with my dad, I was still getting in a little bit of trouble. It was still work. I mean, I didn't just change overnight. It didn't happen like that, guys. Like, I was, I needed some help, and uh, I was still getting in a little bit of trouble even in my dad's. And it wasn't until, you know, I got into sales and, and I got into automotive sales that I found a place to channel that energy, a positive obsession to channel that energy. And where did that come from? Where did that obsession come from? Why did auto sales do that for me? For me, it was I found something that I was good at for the first time in my life. Everybody told me I was a screw-up, the most most likely to end up in prison, and da-da-da-da-da. You can name it. They told me all kinds of stuff. They told me I needed medication. There was something wrong with me. Okay? I got in a lot of fights, and I was violent, and I was crazy. I was just a nuts. I was just crazy. And then here I go. I'm, I'm selling cars. And, uh, like, all of a sudden, I get the chance to beat the top producer there who had been there for 15 years. And I'm like, wait a minute. I can beat him? How is that even possible? This is my first year. I was just, I was, like, brand new. I'm still new. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold up. I can beat him? And, guys, you want to talk about positive obsession to channel my energy? Like, I went all in. Okay, and that's step four, which is massive action. I was like addicted. I had this obsession with winning because for the first time in my life, I had something I was good at, something that I could be proud of, something that other people could be proud of. And I and I was crushing it. I became the top producer there six years in a row, was just dominating that industry very well. And uh, chapter five is going to be about taking accountability because through that process of growing up in all of those circumstances, I was a victim. Okay. I had victim mentality 
And I would blame others for my circumstances. I was constantly looking outward for to blame anyone for, for my circumstances. I never really took accountability for, for my actions. And uh, it wasn't until I started doing that that things really started to pick up for me. And I, I really think this is a superpower, guys. Being able to, I'm going to tell you right now, like I, I love it actually. I love when I screw up because there's so many lessons in it. And when you can immediately say, oh, man, dang, I screwed up. This is what I did. And by the way, our culture right now doesn't allow people to do it very well, guys. If somebody is apologizing and saying, you know what, raising their hand, saying I screwed up, give them some grace. Don't try to cancel them. Give them some grace like our Heavenly Father did for us. How about that? Give some grace. When somebody's repenting and taking accountability and saying, man, I screwed up. Give them some grace. Don't try to cancel them. So taking accountability for me was a big step. Saying, you know, okay, what was my role in it? How did I end up where I'm at? Why, why did I get those handcuffs put on me so many times? Taking accountability is a superpower, okay? Chapter 6 is going to be about developing discipline, okay? Developing discipline. I didn't have any discipline growing up. Didn't have it. Got to do whatever I wanted to. And I think we need guardrails, guys. We need guardrails. Otherwise, we're going to drive right off the freaking bridge. And that's what discipline is. Discipline is doing the things that you don't want to do, and you just do it anyways. It's kind of like people that have a good routine of working out. Like, you're going to wake up in the morning, and one morning you're just not going to feel like it. You're just not going to. You're not going to feel like it, but having a good, strong discipline to do it anyways. Do it anyways, right? And so for me, I remember in the auto industry, I had extreme discipline, okay? Extreme discipline in my routine, People were trying. I was still in my early 20s, and people were trying to, hey, come hang out. Come out here. Let's go out. Let's go drinking. Let's go partying. Let's go do this. And all that stuff, and trust me, in your early 20s, that stuff was super tempting for me. I wanted to go party. I wanted to go out. But listen, the car industry is not really conducive of that when you're talking about you. you Saturday is game day, right? Saturday is when everybody comes out to buy a car. And that's when your highest traffic day is. And so I knew I had to be there bell to bell on Saturdays. And that's when I was going to have a hat trick. I was going to sell three, four, five cars in a day on a Saturday. So I can't go out Friday night. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? I cannot go out Saturday night. Not going to do it. I'd be messing up and giving up thousands of dollars of income if I, if I mess around and go out. So developing these disciplines. And again, that's because I had that obsession. I had that discipline because I had that obsession with winning. And so guys, having that obsession is super important. And this is where in my journey, strengthening your faith, this is where faith came in. This is the next chapter because growing up, my my parents, you know, they're believers and, and stuff like that, but we didn't really do a whole lot of like church and anything like that. It wasn't super strong in the household. Like I said, the household broke apart through divorce and things like that. 
And I don't know really what led me there. It was God that led me there. But one day, I don't know. I I still don't know the story exactly. I walked into this church uh, where I live. I don't know if I was invited. I really can't remember how I got there. Everybody asked me, what brought you here? I'm like, I don't know. I don't really remember. It was like, I walk in and uh, Pastor Joel Scrivener, he's an, uh, an entrepreneur and just crushing it. But his message really hit me between the eyes and their worship music just broke me down. Music has always been something that's strong in my life. And uh, the worship music just literally broke me down. And so that was a super important part of my journey and breaking free. Now, freedom, if you want freedom, strengthen your faith. It's really important. And the next step, what I would say is uh, financial literacy. I, I started to learn how to make money. I was making a lot of money and I knew how to save it. My father taught me how to save money. But nobody taught me how to multiply it, okay? I didn't understand that. And I don't know about you, but I was not taught about financial literacy in school. If that's you and you were not taught financial literacy in school, because that's what it was for me. Nobody taught me about how to multiply it. I got taught how to earn it. I got taught how to save it, but I did not know how to multiply it. And so that was the next step, which was financial literacy, learning about money. And because I started making like 150K at like age 23, I was like 23 years old and uh, was making a lot of money for, for being that age. And I knew I had this responsibility. And I actually was living in a a scarcity mindset about money because of how I grew up in extreme poverty. I grew up really tough, guys. We A lot of times we didn't have lights and water, and we got black mold. The house got stripped and gutted, and so I was living on concrete floors, and I didn't have a bed, so I I created this uh, bed out of an old bookshelf, and I pulled all the the shelving out of a bookshelf and and threw some old clothes in it and put a futon mattress on top. And that was my bed. And uh, I remember we didn't have running water. And I remember stealing water from the neighbor's water hose just so we could flush the toilet. And, uh, you know, it was really, it was really rough. I, I grew up in poverty and I didn't know how to multiply money. So I still, when I was making money, I had this scarcity mindset around it. I was afraid to lose it. And so I sought out guidance, and I got a financial advisor to help me. And he started teaching me the ways of money and how it works and how it operates. And uh, he started to try to recruit me. He's, man, you're doing so good in the auto industry. You would be phenomenal in financial services. You need to do this. I kept telling him no. And the reason I told him no is because I had scarcity mindset. I thought the money I was making in the auto industry was the most I could ever make. See, I had a limited mindset about what I was worth and what I was capable of. And 
I thought $150,000 was like, I was like, nope, no way in the world I will leave $150,000. Are you kidding me? This is like, I'm rich compared to everyone else I know. And I, this is an opportunity. And I'm like, I had this limited mindset. I'm like, I, I couldn't, I could never leave that. And I told him no, like, I don't know, probably four years in a row. But he didn't let go of me. He didn't let go of me, which is, I'm super grateful for that man because, you know, that's what I do now. The reason why I made the transition was because it took me hitting a glass ceiling over and over in the auto industry. I was a top producer over and over, year after year, six years in a row. Then I wanted to move up, and I wanted to train, and I wanted to lead people. I wanted to help the new folks walking in to learn how to do what I was doing and stuff like that. And politics kept me from from moving up and... GM didn't like me so much, and honestly, I look back at it now, and again, if I'm taking accountability, I have to look at my actions. Why didn't he like me so much? I was very aggressive. I was very aggressive at that age. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and I was kind of cocky, too, to be honest with you. I was pretty cocky and arrogant because I was like, I'm the best, you know? And uh, so if I'm taking accountability right now, I'll tell you that there's a reason why I didn't move up. It was all God's timing anyways. It was God's timing. God knew I needed to keep hitting that glass ceiling so I could move out. And so that's chapter 9 is about embracing your worth. Sometimes, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, if things are real uncomfortable where you are, if God is shaking things up in your life, if it seems like things are just crashing down all around you, I want to give you an analogy. It's like uh, it's like the eagles, okay? So the mama eagle has a nest, and in that nest, it feeds the eaglets, and it keeps feeding them until they get old enough. And what it does is it starts to pull out all of the comfort out of the nest, starts to pull out the feathers and the soft and the cushion. And underneath that cushion and those feathers are a bunch of sharp thorns and spikes and sticks. And it starts to pull out all of that comfort in the nest to make it really uncomfortable for the young eaglets. And it even stops feeding them to a point where it gets so uncomfortable that they jump out of the nest so they can fly. And that's exactly what was happening with me. I was in the auto industry, and, and I got comfortable. I was the best. I was the top. But, man, I kept hitting that glass ceiling, and I, and I kept dealing with these corporate politics, and why aren't they moving me up? Why aren't they giving me the opportunity? Oh, man, it got so uncomfortable for me. It really did. I started to resent it. I was like, I, I hate it. I started to hate it. Like, I hate this place. <laughs> I started to get negative, actually. I got negative again. And that was just God making it real uncomfortable for me so that I would finally embrace my worth and leave. And I did. And I jumped into the financial services industry. And that's how when we get into step 10, which is about lifelong learning. Right. I knew what I knew from 
my financial advisor, but man, now I'm getting into the industry and I got to go start studying and I got to start getting my licenses and I got to get my securities licenses and all these things so I can do this. And I also have to start learning marketing. I had to learn in, in the auto industry, I had to be an expert salesperson. I had to be a really good salesperson. But when I got into financial services, wait a minute, no one's bringing people to me. There were no commercials. Like in the auto industry, they got all these commercials and they're doing all this marketing for you. And all they just brought people to you and you just do a really good job at selling. Wow, I'm getting into financial services. This is a whole new world. I've got to learn. I've got to learn marketing. Otherwise, I was going to starve. And that's what started to happen. I was starving my first year and a half. I was like, oh, my gosh, I hit the bottom. And it's tough when you go from being at the top of your game to all of a sudden being at the bottom. And I started getting pounded with just fear and anxiety and just I'm a failure and I can't believe I did this. Oh, my gosh, what an idiot. And the enemy was just attacking me. And I thought I was going to fail. And that's where we dive into chapter 11, where I start to tell you about resilience and adaptability and how important that is. If you want to transform into prosperity, you need to adopt resilience and adaptability. I actually, in a time where I was going to fail and I was running out of money and I'm worried about losing my home, and I'm not going to have to sell my home and all these things. I'm like, ah, I doubled down and I hired staff. I didn't even have the money. I couldn't afford them. Like I wasn't bringing in enough, but I was like, nope, commit. And I did. That's that resilience, adaptability, persistence, and grit. I just, I knew, I knew I could do it. And I just was relentless in my pursuit. And then I, I ended up, and this is where we get into chapter 13 about community and support, having community. And I started to build a community and a support system. And it was actually an interesting story how this all came about. I was old school networking and having coffee with people. And I was sitting down with this one gentleman and we're having coffee, and uh, he's telling me what he does. He's asking me what I'm doing, stuff like that. You know that old school coffee meeting. And we're sitting down, and I tell him I'm in financial services, and I help people with employee benefits and retirement and 401K rollovers and this, that, and the other. I start just rattling off some of the things that we do. When I said 401K rollovers, he was like, "Oh, you do for you do the roll you do rollovers?" Yeah, that's what we do. And he's like, "You know, there's a group in South Lake. You need to go check them out. You need to go check out this group. It's a group of job seekers who could use your help. They could use your services cuz they just left their job and they've got old 401k's that they could probably use your help." I said, "Really? Sounds good to me. We'll go check it out." So, What's interesting about this story is he then began to pray over me. This man prayed over me. I, 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 this is the first time I'm meeting him, and I'm talking some crazy powerful prayer. 
like stuff that might scare some people. This man started doing these crazy breathing exercises and started speaking in tongues. I'm not kidding. It was insane. And I was loving every minute of it. I was like, let's go. Let's go. He probably would scare a lot of people. The type of faith and boldness that this man was just poor. Like, it was amazing. I, I was receiving every moment of it. And so I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, this was just a powerful meeting. And I run and I go tell my business partner, I'm like, yo, Mark, let me just tell you what happened. Can I believe this? He says, I need to go check out this group over here. It's in South Lake. And uh, they met early on uh, Thursday mornings. And for whatever reason, that upcoming Thursday morning, I was unable to attend. I think I already had an appointment or something. I can't remember what it was that I couldn't attend for. But my business partner said, oh, well, I'll go check it out. I know you can't go, but I'll check it out. And oh my gosh, I, I think about it now. And I sent someone else on my assignment. God gave me an assignment and I sent someone else. Sure enough, God closed that door as quick as it opened. Because <laughs> it wasn't meant for Mark. Mark actually got kicked out of that meeting. They sent him home. They said, no, no, we're... You're not here to, to try to sell your services here. That's, that's not what we do here, okay? We're here to try to help job seekers get back to work. <laughs> and they sent him home. Wow. But when they sent him home, they told him about another group called Frisco Connect. And it met at a, at a church here locally where I'm at. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Let, let's check out this group, but... Let's first contact them. Let's make sure, like, we're going to be welcomed in there and stuff like that. And let's just, we just need to be a fly on the wall. I'm not, we don't need to go in there and start pitching our services and stuff. Like, that would not be cool. Like, we don't need to do that. That's the wrong approach. <laughs> we don't need to do that. So we contacted them. They said, yeah, just come on in and just be a fly on the wall and just observe and figure out how you can serve people. And so that's exactly what we did. We fly on the wall. And I remember when I walked in this group, I immediately saw the pain in this room. People were really struggling. They were going through a really hard time. These job seekers were struggling. It was a, a group of about 100 senior-level executives, people that were really at the top of the food chain in their, in their industries. But, man, ageism and things like that, they, were, they got let go from corporate America. Listen, the harder you – or the, the higher you climb, the – harder you fall and these people fell and, and they were hurting they were struggling they had financial anxiety and worries and they're getting ghosted by employers and their resumes weren't going anywhere stuff like that and I just started to notice commonality in their problems and I decided to actually design solutions to their problems not just the financial side and the financial impact of what they were going through because that was self-serving that was yeah, I could help them with that, but that was what I did. That was my business, but I also wanted to help them relieve some of that other tension. And so I created solutions to actually help them recover their cash flow, not just help them manage their cash flow, but help them recover it. And so the more I poured into this group and this community, it started to build, you know, started to build community and support, and we started the Who You Know Show. And the Who You Know Show is, uh, you know, it's all about who you know. It's not what you know. What you know is not important. It's really not. It's who, who you know can make all the difference in your business, your career, your relationships, and your life. 
And that's where we dive into chapter 14, which is the power of proximity. The power of proximity. If you're wanting to transform your life, you need to get around people who are doing the things you want to do, who are going the places you want to go. The power of proximity is super important. Your network is your net worth. I know you've heard that. But it's so true. You need to get around those people. And network up, guys. Network up. I had an experience yesterday. Okay, I had uh, Ken Coleman on our show yesterday. And if you're not familiar with Ken Coleman, he's amazing. Okay, he's a, He has a nationally syndicated radio show on the Dave Ramsey Network. He's actually got the number two radio show in the country. And he's a really big deal. Okay, this guy's really crushing it. And had him on my show yesterday and uh, building relationship with him and stuff like that. And he opened up his network to me. I asked for it. And I gave first. And I added a lot of value. But he opened up his network and he said, anybody in my network, I don't care who they are, anybody, you ask for an introduction, I'll make it. And this guy's hanging with Dave Ramsey and stuff like that. So listen, this is what I'm talking about, the power of proximity and elevating, elevating your network. So I fully intend on having Dave Ramsey on my, on my show. And here's the deal. Put together your wish list. Who are the people that you want or need to have in your life to transform your life? Who are those people? Grant Cardone was on my list for years. It took years for me to finally get to Grant, and I did, right? But have your list put together. I have a, literally, I have a, a top 50 wish list, okay? And it's, I literally even had a, a graphics designer put together an image. It's this graphic image with all of those people on it. People like uh, like Dave Ramsey and people like Tony Robbins and Ed Milet and a bunch of big names. Just people that are doing big things. And I know I just need to get in proximity. And I've already started to check off a lot of the people that are on that list. They've been on my podcast. How crazy is that? It's because you got to speak it into existence. You got to write it down. You got to put your goals down and start telling people. I share that list with people all the time. I'm going to share it with Ken Coleman, who I had on my show yesterday. I'm going to share it with him. I'm going to say, hey, listen, thank you so much for offering your network. Here's my wish list. Guess who's on it? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, I'm going to get on my show. I guarantee it. Watch. It's happening. Okay? Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. But the power of proximity. Chapter 15 is about giving back. And generosity, right? Giving back is so important. You know, it's one of the reasons I've been so successful is that I'm constantly giving to my audience and my community and I'm pouring back. Like we do a lot of training that's free to the community. I, I create a lot of programs and uh, there's reasons behind it that I don't charge. Like we actually have a, a whole program it's a campaign called the Pay It Forward program. 
And this program has been amazing. It's just going viral. It's crazy right now. It's, it's, it's exploding. And basically what I've done is I've created a whole coaching program that's worth $3,500 for career changers. It's a $3,500 coaching program that they get when they go through my career transition summit. And I give it away completely for free. And people think I'm crazy when I tell them that. But there is a catch. There is one catch. There's one thing I ask them to do. In order to receive the program, in order to get it, they have to pay it forward. And I put together a campaign, and the campaign literally walks them through and shows them how to refer three other people into the program. So I created this pay it forward system. And if you do the math on it, guys, three times three is nine. 9 times 3 is 27. 27 times 3 is 81. Okay, you do this 12 times. Just do it 12 times, and it's over 1.5 million people. It's impact. Okay? And that's what I'm doing right now. I've implemented this program, and it's going crazy right now. It's awesome. It's just exploding. And, But it's about giving back. Like, I'm not charging for the program. Right? It's a $3,500 coaching system that I'm not charging for. What I'm, what I'm in for is impact, I, impact over dollars. The money will come. The money will come in the back end, right? Give, help other people get what they want out of life. If you help other people get what they want, they will help you get what you want. I promise. That's chapter 15. It's really about giving back, generosity, helping others, paying it forward. It's super important. And my last chapter is kind of where it's kind of led me where I am uh, uh, today, which is self-care and wellness. Self-care and wellness. That's so important because I'm going through another season of my life. A lot of you have heard me talking about this where I'm in a season right now of loss. I've been going through a lot of loss. And... Um, Self-care, it's really important. I'm starting to realize that now. I'm 35, about to turn 36 years old, and I really haven't done a lot for my own self-care and wellness, I'll be honest with you. But I'm starting to realize how important that is because I'm going through another season. And it's important to keep your mind fresh. Mental health, I think we're in a mental health awareness month. I think that's what this month is, mental health awareness month. It's a real thing. Because as I was going through this season of loss, I lost my family. I had a, a breakup, and we weren't married, but we were together for five years, and there was a couple of kids involved. They weren't my kids, but I, they, they were like my kids. How about that? I raised them, and, uh, you know, I just lost a family, you know what I mean? And so it, it kind of it really impacted me really hard mentally. And so taking care of that, taking care of your mental health is super important. And so that's another part of the of, of the book. And so again, I'm going to go through these real quickly. Changing your environment, getting a mentor, positive obsession, massive action, taking accountability, developing discipline, 
strengthening your faith, financial literacy, embracing your worth, lifelong learning, resilience and adaptability, persistence, grit, community and support, the power of proximity, giving back and generosity, and self-care and wellness. Now, this is the order in which this these elements have shown up in my life. And I wanted to give this formula and break it down inside the book and really do a deep dive into each one of these because this is how it appeared in my life. This is how I transformed from poverty into prosperity. And so I'm excited about this book, guys. I'm really pumped up about it, as you can tell. And, uh, and the story of how it all began, it's amazing. I look back and I go, wow, there's a purpose behind this. There's a purpose behind the way I grew up and the traumas that I went through growing up. There's a purpose behind all of it. And I want you to know that whatever you're going through or whatever you've been through, the way you were raised or traumas that you've gone through in life, those scars that you carry, they're meant to teach others, to help others. I think of the Bible, and I think of Jesus when he was resurrected and he still had his scars. And I think of doubting Thomas, and he, and he said, if it's you, let me see your hands, you know. There, and he's like, look, look, there's my hands. There's the scars. Look at them. Those scars are meant to free other people. And so, guys, whatever you've been through in your life, we all go through something. We all have a story. Each and every one of us have a story. We've all been through things in life. Traumas. Letdowns. Failures. They're only a true failure if you don't learn from it. And if you let that story die on the shelf, don't let it die on the shelf. Get it out there. Start sharing the lessons with others. And that way you can have a ripple effect, right? A ripple effect of impact, you know, in your community, with the people you love. I, I think it's super important to get out there and start sharing. So I'm excited about this, guys. I don't have an actual date yet. Literally, I just started writing it, and I'm, I'm 109 pages in already. Once I got clear, and I think that's so important, like once I got clear on how I wanted to use the book, because I knew I had a story. Everybody's like, you got a story, you got a story, you got to get that story out. But I'm like, yeah, but how am I going to use it? What's the goal of the book? What's the mission of the good? What am I, what's the end result that I'm trying to do for somebody? And, and I knew I had a story, but how do I use that story to help others? I was like, okay. And I started looking at each little bit and piece of my journey and all of those little elements, they appear throughout my life. And so that's how I'm going to use it. It's about, it's a, it is a story of how to break free from poverty. That's where I grew up, the poverty to prosperity. So I'm just starting it. I'm excited about it. And I don't exactly have a date. My first step is just get it done. And then I'm going to have to have some, uh, I guess, some editors and stuff like that, polish it up a little bit. And then uh, we'll take it from there. But 
First step, I got to get this out of my head on paper. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Who You Know Show podcast. My name is Trevor Houston, and if you've enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing wherever you listen and leave us a positive review to help us keep the mics on in the studio. Until next week, that's the show. It's all about who you know. Who you know.